So let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter number 14, verse 6. Revelation 14, 6. Revelation 14, 6. Hallelujah. It says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Hallelujah. So we have talked about fear God. We have talked about give him glory. Today we're talking about worship him. So the reason why I'm preaching is that when I finish, we're going to put to practice this preaching. So that's why I deliver worship today uh, so that we may be able to Hear what God says about worship. And then we're going to worship. Hallelujah. Now we, we, we're going to just talk a bit, like I say, about this topic of worship. Because many times the topic of worship is a topic that is so spoken about sometimes in the Christian circle. And sometimes we, 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 we sometimes fail to understand what worship is. Hallelujah. But before I go on, I want to pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment. I pray that your spirit may lead us by your grace, Lord, that the Holy Spirit may be our portion as we worship this morning. May your grace be with us and the fellowship of your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me make this statement. You cannot worship if you are not aware of your own inabilities. There is no worship. If you are not aware of your, own, of your own shortcomings and your own weaknesses. I'm not talk, when I talk about weaknesses, I'm not talking about sins. I'm talking about your humanity as compared to divinity. If you are not aware of that, you cannot worship. Worship is a fullness of a heart that declares its total, total submission, obedience in reverence to God, and declares that Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings. In other words, Jesus is God. So worship is a big subject in the Bible. Hallelujah. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah. Worship is something big in the Bible. Because the whole Bible is built around the subject of worship. Hallelujah. 
The bubble is built around the subjects of worship. I told you worship is the fullness of a heart that declares its total submission and obedience. Obedience overrides conviction. You need to know that. Obedience overrides conviction. It means that I might not be convinced of doing something. But through obedience, I do it. Hallelujah. So when you come in worship to God, your own self disappears and God appears. Hallelujah. There is a scripture that is quote all the time in worship. It's a scripture with Jesus and the woman of Samaria. In John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14, verse 23. I want us to put it there and read. John chapter number 14, chapter number 4, sorry. John chapter number 4, verse 23. You see, all the worshippers know that scripture. You can't mess up with that one. I'll tell you. Hallelujah. John chapter number 4, verse 23. It said, but the hour is coming and is now where the two worshipers will worship the Father and the Spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. There are many things in this scripture. Number one, Jesus we, we, we say that Jesus said, God is spirit. Jesus was not emphasizing the fact that God is spirit. The Samaritan knew that. That was not the point. The Samaritan knew that God is spirit. But the Samaritan didn't know <laughs> the God that they worship. Remember he said, you worship what you don't know. But we worship what we do know because salvation is of a Jew in this context. So Jesus is talking to somebody that knows the idea of worship without knowing the essence of worship. Hallelujah. Then Jesus comes and says, he shows us who we should worship. He says, for the Father seeks sight to worship him. So worship is addressed to the Father. Hallelujah. That's why you will see in the book of Revelation. When John tried to worship an angel, the angel said, do not worship me. Why? Because worship is solely to the Father. And Jesus comes and shows us how we should worship. He said, in spirit and in you see, I want to show you a bit the art of interpreting the Bible. When you talk about in spirit and truth, I know many theologians say the Holy Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. That spirit is not the Holy Spirit. I'll show you why. Because if you interpret the Bible, you must know that 90%, not all the time, 90%, the Holy Ghost is addressed with a definite article. He said... <laughs> He said, if you live by the Spirit, 
walk by the Spirit. We all been baptized by one Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit. So 90% when the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost, it follows the Holy Ghost by a definite article to tell us who he's talking about. But here he say, those who worship him, worship him in spirit. Now, you can go and study that, that all my major translation put spirit in small letter. There are about two or three translations that put it in capital letter. Meaning that this spirit God is talking, Jesus is talking about is not really the Holy Spirit. Uh, because the Holy Ghost does not worship himself. So the Holy Ghost needs you to worship the Father. So who, who does the worship here is the human spirit. So he said, those who worship Jesus, the Father, will worship him with a heart. So worship is a matter of heart. Worship is not a matter of songs. Worship is not a matter of silence. Worship is a matter of the heart. Don't check what I'm saying. So, so, so he's saying, the true worshipers will worship God with their heart. Do you know why he said that? Because in the Old Testament, worship was regulated by, uh, uh, what can I say, by, 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 by things that were put in place. That's why the people of Israel missed their hearts and did the sacrifice. Do you understand that Jesus said, the Bible said, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far. So worship is a matter of a heart. Somebody says a matter of a heart. Yeah, yeah. So in spirit here is a heart. And in truth, hallelujah, in truth here is a matter of to who the worship is directed to. Because you can worship with your heart and worship the wrong thing. Do you think the idol worshippers are not sincere? Do you think they don't worship with their heart? Hallelujah. Actually, they are so sincere that they are more sincere sometimes than us. Because they know the idol can kill them. So they will not go in front of that idol unprepared. But will show up before God without the heart. And then we keep on living, we don't die. And because we don't die, we think it's a permission to do whatever we want. We use it to do whatever we want. But to worship is directed to Yahweh. So remember Jesus said you don't, we worship what you don't know. So Jesus is telling her that you worship your heart, but you worship toward the Father. So your worship must be a worship that is based on two worship. He talk about two worshipers. It means they are false worshipers. 
He won't talk about two, two worshippers if there are no false worshippers. It's like you don't talk about false money or two money if there was not false money. Hallelujah. So you need to understand that the Father is seeking such to worship him. The Father is the one that we, that we worship with our hearts, but directed to the only and true God. Hallelujah. Say, God is spirit. So it means you cannot touch spirits without heart. That is a universal law. That you cannot touch spirits without heart. It's your heart that touches spirit. That's why wicked spirit, wicked heart attracts wicked spirit. Because the motives of your heart always attract a spirit. So it might be the spirit of God or the spirit, I don't want to say that, but or another spirit. So when the Bible says, watch over your heart, for out of your heart come the source, the issues of life. Because your heart always attracts spirits. If you don't know that, check the way your life goes. When you are depressed, there is a whole cloud of darkness around you. Because it attracts spirits. It's like when you want to, when, if you want to see sharks, and if the, 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 the water is infested by shark, you, don't, you need to just put blood. You don't call their name. Papi, papi, come. No, you put blood, the shark comes. Because we are attracted. Sharks are not dogs. <laughs> Woo, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. So, worship. So, so, so spirits are attracted by the motives of heart. That's why you don't need to go to a shrine before you become a witch. You just need to hate somebody and you become a witch. Because the hatred will attract the spirit of witchcraft. So that's why the Bible says, be angry but do not sin. He said, don't let the sun go down on your anger and do not give a foothold to, foothold to the devil because when you go to sleep, in your sleep you are not sleeping. Because in your sleep, the motives of your heart are going to run. And negative spirits are attracted to the condition of the heart that you sleep with. That's why you need, you need to make peace. Hallelujah. I said you need to make peace. Now, angel refused to be worshipped in uh, Revelation 29.9. Revelation 22 verse 9. Let's read quickly. Revelation 2. 22 verse 9. Revelation 22 verse 9. Let's read it very quickly. It says, Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and your brethren, and the brethren and of your brethren the prophet, and of those who keep the word of this book. Worship. God. He's telling John, I might be beautiful, but don't worship me. 
I might be shining, but don't worship me. Worship is not based on the appearance. Worship is based on the essence. Hallelujah. True worship, biblical worship, is based on the essence of who God is. But now, the angel said, don't worship me. But let's go to Matthew chapter number 8, verse 2 to 3. I want to go quick so that we can come and worship. Matthew chapter number 8, verse 2 to 3. Can you read that for us? Matthew chapter number 8, verse 2 to 3. He said, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Look, somebody came to worship Jesus. And Jesus didn't say like the angels, don't worship me. Jesus receives the worship. And then I know some people say, Jesus never said that he's God. There's a religion that is strong that Jesus never says he's a prophet, he never says he's God. Read the Bible. The Bible says worship God. Now they come and worship him and he does not rebuke them. And he receives the worship. What is he telling you? I say, what is he telling you? Ooh. He said to Philip in the book of John, chapter number 14, verse 19, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, because me and the Father, we are. So it means that true worship is directed to, to Jesus. Because him and the Father are one. Look, the angel resisted worship. But Jesus accepted it. Mm. And spirit and in truth. Some will say in spirit and in truth. So when we worship that way, we sincere our hearts, but the worship directed to Jesus is called worshiping in spirit and truth. Look, worship deals with sacrifice. Hallelujah. Worship deals with sacrifice. Remember the word worship appeared the first time in the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter number 22. We know the story of Abraham and Isaac. I want us to read Genesis 22 verse 1 to 5. Genesis 22 verse 1 to 5. He said, now it came to pass after this thing that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Why does he say your only son? Because Ishmael was already there. He said your only son. But Ishmael was there. Somebody say your only son. Because Isaac was the only one God spoke about. God only recognized what he says. I, he never said you have two children because he never spoke about Isaac. The birth of Isaac was not prophesied. Ishmael, the birth of Ishmael was not prophesied. And because he didn't prophesy the birth of Ishmael, he did not recognize him. 
he only recognized Isaac. So as far as God was concerned when he was talking to Abraham, I, Abraham had only one son. Isaac was in the picture. But prophetically, Isaac was not in the picture. Although Ishmael was there, sorry. Although Ishmael was there, prophetically was not in the picture. Only Isaac was. The dealings of God are related to what he tells you, not what you tell yourself. Uh, because, because Ishmael is what Abraham does by himself. Isaac is what Abraham does empowered by the words. So many people want God to recognize what we are doing. But did God ordain it in the first place? God does not recognize what he didn't ordain. I say hallelujah. That's why if you read the book of Genesis, when God, when God, Jacob was blessing his children, when he came to Judah, he said, the scepter shall not be removed from you. So prophetically, kings should come from the house of Judah. The reason why Saul was not recognized, it came from the house of Benjamin. So the, the, the ordinances that put king, the protocol was not respected. Saul came not in the protocol. It came by emergency. So all this time, God was waiting for the house of Judah to produce a king. So when David came, he said, this is my king, because he was prophesied upon. I'm trying to just show you how God works. Now, he said, take your only son. Let's continue the reading. Take your only son. And uh, he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and, after, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood and the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Which verse are, you, are we on now? Okay, four. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse five. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with my donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we'll come back. He said, we'll go and That was the first time the word worship was applied. He said, we'll worship. Now, worship was a matter of sacrifice. Do you know why? Because you can't sacrifice without your heart. You can't sacrifice something that is dear to you without your heart. You can only sacrifice something that is not dear to you without your heart. That's why God said, I don't take pleasure in the blood of bulls. Because it, it was just 
animals they were sacrificing. But they didn't sacrifice with your heart. So Abraham experienced true worship because he knew what it costs. He knew that true worship deals with heart. And because he's, God asked him because God knew that his heart was connected to his son. So God needed to take something that will let his heart speak. Hallelujah. So, so, so his heart, his heart was a point here. That's why he said, we will go and worship. Hallelujah. We will go and worship. This was a matter of obedience. I told you, worship, I told you that obedience overrides convictions. Do you know, do you think that Abraham, when he woke up in the morning, he has that conviction that I must kill my son? No. There might be doubts. But obedience. There might be doubt that maybe when I kill him, he will not come back. But obedience is better. Somebody talk to me. Obedience is better. So, so, so sometimes what you do in obedience is a true act of worship. Hallelujah. So, so Abraham took the lad, the boy. And they were going. And when they saw the place, Abraham said to the people, stay here. Because worship is not a corporate thing. Worship is an individual thing in a corporate group sometimes. So we can be corporate here. But God is not just listening to a corporate. He's listening to the individual heart. So that's why we can be in the place and God will manifest with one person. And the rest, no. Why? Because that heart is ready. So people think, they, they make the mistake, they say in heaven, everybody sings together, it's beautiful in God's ears. You know why it's beautiful? Because in heaven, the heart has been transformed. Uh, you, don't go, you are not there with selfish motives anymore. So therefore, when they sing in unison, the Bible said that if they are around the throne, what brought them around the throne was the purity of the garment that they are wearing at that time. Come on now. So here on earth, we can only display that when we sort out our hearts. It means if you are not talking to somebody or you are not, you don't like somebody here, you are out. You can sing as loud as you want. It does not cause whistling. Even the birds don't hear that one. <laughs> so worship is not an excitement. Hallelujah. Hosanna. That is not worship. That is just an expression that can be expression of worship or praise, but that's not the real thing. Because your body language can be deceiving. Hey, hey, John, come, come, come. Hey, John, how are you? <laughs> you are my brother, but in my heart, I say, I hate you. Grants <laughs> it. So, 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 so some people have a cute face. And they feel, feel the cuteness of the face sees. displays glory. No, God does not look at their appearance, but he looks at the... 
So, 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 so you can't impress God by your, your cuteness or your muscles. You can't impress God by your hairstyle or your dress. You can only impress him by the attitude of your hearts. Come on, come on, come on, come on. People say, when I came to church, I didn't feel good. But after worship, I just felt so good. It's a, decept- it's a, de- a deception. Worship is not made to feel good. No. Worship is made to God. Not for you to feel good. I was depressed, but in worship, it lifted. What lifted? What was lifted? We'll catch with you at home again. Do you know? Do you know how deceitful this thing is? That you come. How I feel? I feel. I feel. When you get home, the first trouble brings that thing over you again. So it's a deception. Everything that is temporary is a deception. That's why Bob says, even life is deceitful. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Help me. So we will not worship today in the fashion and the manner that we used to do. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 22, verse 9 to 12. And then... uh, We'll round up with that. So everything you do in sincerity of heart and do it as unto the Lord is called worship. Can I say that again? Everything you do in sincerity of heart as unto the Lord is worship. So your whole life can be worship. Hallelujah. Genesis, let's read. Let's read uh, Genesis 22, verse 9 to 12. Can we read that quickly? It said, Then it came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, there and placed the wood in order, and bound, bound Isaac his son, and led him on the altar upon the woods. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear since you have not revealed your son, your only son from me. Remember we talk about fearing God? It's part of your act of worship. He said, now you fear God. And now did he show that you fear God by obeying God? Hallelujah. Now there is something that I want to say here. That Abraham, the part of Abraham was obedience. Isaac was a sacrifice. Amen? Isaac was a sacrifice. But something that blew away, blew my mind, 
was the fact that Isaac was obedient. Uh, do you understand that Isaac was stronger than Abraham by that time? Do you know that if he tried to run, Abraham won't catch him? Eh? Do you understand that Abraham might have spoken to Isaac and said, my son, I need to do this. You must forgive me, but I need to do this. And Isaac said, that it's fine. Let's do it. And when Isaac was doing it, Isaac knew that, uh, that, that, that not only I'm being obedient to my father, but I also trust my father. Hey! So worship deals with trust. So, 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 so Isaac went on the altar. He laid there and knew that this is the end of my life. And Abraham knew that this is the end of his life. But he went through. But, 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 but that's not the point I want to submit to you. Have you realized that Abraham never blessed Isaac? No. God blessed Isaac. When you read your Bible, there was no place where they say, and Abraham blessed his son Isaac. <laughs> God himself blessed Isaac. But you realize that Isaac blessed Jacob. <laughs> Why? Because the seed of multiplication is found in your act of worship. <laughs> because Isaac was a, sub, was a, a, a subject there. He was the one that was being offered. Hallelujah. And because, so Isaac was actually the worship. So Isaac was a worship. And, and God didn't need to bless, Abraham didn't need to bless Isaac. Because the worship was not done unto Abraham. It was done unto God. Therefore, God didn't want to bless the worship. So that's why the Bible says that God blessed Isaac. But when we came to Jacob, who blessed Jacob? Now you understand why Jacob went to look for a blessing from God. The story of a struggling with the angels. What did Jacob say? Unless you... But he was already blessed by his father, but he knew that this blessing will not carry on if he just stayed the blessing of my father. I need to be a worship myself by God. So uh, Jacob need to be a worship himself. So when he had an encounter with an angel, when he came out of there, even his walk changed. It means you cannot be a true worship without your work being affected. If you come out and you walk the same way, you didn't meet the God of heaven. If you ever meet the God of heaven, it will affect your way of doing things. You will not talk the same way. You will not, you will not relate to people the same way because now your place of stability has been shaken. Now you need to lean on something else. Hey. 
So you become someone that leans on God, not on your own abilities. And you remember, because now Jacob was blessed by God, he, can also, he could also come and bless his children. Hallelujah. He could come and bless his children because now he received a blessing from his father, but now he has received it from God because he has become a subject of worship. Now, what is the meaning of Judah? What is the meaning of Judah? Praise, 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 praise. It means it's an expression also of a heart. So Judah could be the only one that carried on with kingship because his name deals with a seed of worship. Anytime there is worship, there is life. To worship brings life. That's why I can bless my children. But if they don't seek God to be themselves a they don't seek God to be themselves a sacrifice on the altar, it will not last. So, so this morning I want to appeal to you that we can sing here, but we might not worship. The music can be loud, but we might not worship. We can feel good, but we might not worship. Somebody say, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, help us, help us. Help us, help us, help us. Help us, help us. Worship is a place of surrender. We surrender our lives to God. I want to read something to, to end. I read... An article. You know, some of the studies, you read articles. Hallelujah. The article is from somebody called Abraham Heschel. He wrote a book called The Interpretation of Judaism. And it appeared in the Free Press in 1959. At the page 67, he wrote something that blessed me, and I want to read for you. He said, the essence of Jewish religion, thinking does not lie in entertaining a concept of God, but in the ability to articulate a memory of moment of illumination by his presence. Let me say it again. He said, the essence of Jewish worship, of Jewish thinking, does not lie in entertaining a concept of God, but in the ability of articulate a memory of a moment of illumination by his presence. So what is he saying? He's saying, you are not just worshiping to entertain the idea of God. You are worshiping because you have had the revelation of God. Basically what he's saying, that worship comes out of God, out of revelation of God. Because if you don't have a revelation of God, you worship trying to make God feel good. And he carries on, he carries on. He said, Israel is not a people of definers, but a people of witness. It means that Israel is not a people that just they worship, they witness God and that's why they worship him. Aye. 
So it means worship comes out of revelation of him. So if you don't know him, Jesus said you worship what you do not know. But we worship what we do know. That's what the guy is saying here. Let's carry on. He, he writes interesting. He said we worship in the spirit and truth is not to contemplate ideas about God, doctrine, dogma, rituals, practices. But to, but to worship God is to open ourselves to the mystery of his presence. To be willing not to know, to pursue the question without answer. To be willing not to know, but yet pursue the question without answer. So worship is a place where you give up yourself. Although you might not have all the answers, but you know he has all the answers. So you worship him based on that. You don't worship him. Some people say, I didn't feel like worship because nothing went good. He say worship to worship is pursuing the question that does not have an answer. So your worship will keep you to continue to worship him even when you don't have the answer to your struggle. So you are not worshiping God so that he can solve your problem. You are worshiping because you have a revelation of him. And he, he continues, he continues. I love this guy's writings. And he said, he said, Ooh. he said, we worship because we remember the moments of revelation. We remember the past wonder. We remember the past. And the past is a window to our present. So you had an encounter with God, you met him, and that caused you to worship. To worship is not song or sermon or orchestrated music or all this. Worship is amazement. Worship is to be in awe. Worship is admiration and attachment to him. Worship is the experience of something greater than ourselves. Something greater that we can describe, greater that we can understand. Speaking about God comes after worshiping him. Yeah. Speaking about God comes after worshiping him. And he said, he said here, afterwards, we bent our knees and worshiped. You cannot speak about what you don't know. And when you speak about what you know, you have already worshipped. That's why the Bible says they came and he came and knelt before Jesus and worshipped him. Hallelujah. People, today, let's trust God to have a revelation of him. You know what we have done? We have, we have turned the church into, into a group of social intercourse, which is good. But social intercourse will not bring you to heaven. As much as fellowshipping with one another is good, friendship with people will not bring you to God. So what did you come here to pursue? If you came because you are looking for a breakthrough, you have already missed on worship. 
But if you came because you were attracted by his presence, then you are in worship and the God of breakthrough shall move. I asked somebody, I said, why do we come together as church? And I want the worship team to be in place. You, it's fine. I, I want, who can play me the keyboard quickly? Who can play me the keyboard quickly? I want you to just give me some keyboard. I asked him a question. I said, why do we come together as a church? Why did you join the ministry? I asked, why did you join the ministry? People will bring all sorts of reasons. I joined the ministry because I love the word that is preached there. I joined the, the church because I love the spirit, the free move of the spirit. I joined the church because I could find people that love and we stay together. I say all these are all wrong reasons to join a church. Although there can be an attraction, there shouldn't be the essence of you joining us. Because if you join us that way, when those things that you were looking for are not existing anymore, you will have a big problem with us. In the same way, I always go into marriage. It's the same way we should marry somebody based on, I like the way it makes me feel. I like him. I like it. If you base your marriage in that, you will have a big problem. Because the day all these things cease, you will be out. Why do we join a church? Peter told us, he said, we as living stones are being built in one house. So let me tell you something. Do you know that this wall is built to offer cover and protection? Do you know that each brick that is laid here has a mission to offer strength to this world and cover and protection? So that the outside influence will not reach you. So that when the wind comes, it does not reach you. When the rain comes, it does not reach you because it's, there is a ceiling and everything. When you join a church, you join a church so that the people in that ministry may be protected. You don't take you know. Yes. So because you are a part of a brick, so that your presence may cause the wind outside not to come in. So, so you join a church with that revelation. I'm going there to be a place, a tower around my friends so that they can take cover because I'm there. Yes. That's why if you don't love them, you can't be there. That's why love is the essence of things because those bricks from the back can be worn out. From the inside, they remain fresh. So when you are like a brick in a church, all the attacks will hit you from the back. You are suffering, but you offer comfort to those inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's how we join places of worship. We don't join them because we like what is happening. We join there so that we can be a wall of protection. So when you discern what God is doing somewhere, you can join the place. Because you say, what God is doing is so precious. I want to be a wall of protection around what God is doing. That's why, that's why the ark was in the holies of holies. The tent offers protection to the ark. 
Do you take what I'm saying? So when we come together like this, when we come together like this, that's why you can be in the church, you are hurt, but you are there. Because you were not there to be blessed. You were there to be a blessing. We tried to break a wall one time, and that was a struggle. We hit it, and all the bricks are standing together, holding each other. When you hit this one, the bricks are going like, the whole wall is shaking. Not just that brick, the whole wall is shaking. Uh, because when one member suffers, the whole member suffers together. <laughs> when one member is in trouble, everybody is in trouble. Because we are living stones. And when we understand that, we will be able to offer a true worship based on sacrifice. So I can feel, wow, things are not well, but I'm a worshiper. I I know God, I have met him. I cannot deny on the altar of my experiences of hurt and anger and frustration. I relate to him on the revelation that he has given me. When I remember what the Lord has done for me, I will never go back anymore because I know God and God knows me. In that place, we lay down our crown and we say like the people here, we say like the people, and we lay down our crown like the 24 elders and we say you are worthy to receive the praise and the worship for you bought us, you redeemed us with your blood. You bought us, you purchased us with your own blood. And we are not here to just feel good. We are here to render service to you and to say, God, you are holy and you are worthy. You deserve the glory and the adoration. I am not doing this so that I can please you. I'm doing this because of what you have done for me. I'm doing it because it's my duty. And Jesus went further and said, if you keep quiet, the stones Now you don't get the revelation. (laughs) For long I thought Jesus was addressing the stones. And then I went deeper and I realized he was talking to the Pharisees. He was talking to the Pharisees. And who are the stones? Those who will come later to be the house of God. So he was telling them, it's the Jew nation. If you keep quiet, the church will worship Hey, because Peter said we are living stones. So he said, if the nation of Israel fails, the church will worship. So we are in the time of a church. And we know that the time of the Jews will come around again. But now we are in the dispensation of a church. If these stones don't shout, who will shout then? Because Jesus gave two options, either Israel or the stones. We worship in spirit and in truth. I want the worship team to go there. If you are somebody here that is not born again, you can't even worship him. You can sing with us, 
but you can't worship him because you don't know him. If you are here and you don't have that encounter with Jesus, I want you to lift up your hands and say, I want to give my life to that true God. Is there anyone in our midst this morning that decides, I want to give my life to a true and unique God? Can you stand up from where you are, my dear? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is there anyone else that said today, I want to enter a relationship with that true God? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to, 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 David, you are already saved. Can you sit? Come. Because you gave your life here, Moses. Uh-huh. I know the message touched you, but don't give your life over again. Maybe Graham will help you later on. My sister, today you want to have that encounter with Jesus, and you're going to start a life of true worship. It will affect your decision. It will affect your way of life. That's why when we see people in the church that are walking in sin, it's the proof that they never met him. They met church, but they never met the God of the church. There are no protocols in the church, but they don't know him. All this so that I may know him. Somebody cried like that in the Bible. You know, when I was a young man, at a stage in my life, I was more interested on knowing him eh, than being in social clubs. At a stage in my life. I disconnected to, with my friend. They thought I was weird. But they didn't know I was in pursuit like Jacob to know him. Because I know if I stay in the group, I might not know him. Jacob has to chase everybody, take the flock, take his wife, send them away, and then he stayed alone. And then the angel of the Lord came. It's a one-to-one business. Say with me, say, dear Lord Jesus. I offer myself to you as a living sacrifice today. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Today, I understand that I am a sinner and I need grace. Thank you for your blood. I put my trust in you today and I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving all my sins and washing me with your blood. Give me your spirit now and let me walk with you. Thank you, Lord. For according to the Bible, I am born again. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for her right now by the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Now, receive the anointing of grace. I go and may God make your journey successful. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with this man. Go with me out.